Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegley here with Don Callahan talking UNC football recruiting. Don, let's just jump right into this one, man. We normally have a little bit of, you know, good banter back and forth here, but since it's been our weather report. Oh, I know, right? Well, sunny today, rainy earlier, um, so that's probably most of what North Carolina is experiencing, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely experienced the, the raininess yesterday. My son had a soccer game, and apparently they don't cancel for rain, so I had to stand out there in the rain for a good hour. So it was a good game, Fun times. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Win? yeah. No, no, his team is awful. So, <laughs> and and my nice. and my son does not want to want to practice outside of actual practice. So, yeah. But anyway, and I don't know a thing about soccer to be honest with you, other than you got to put the ball in the net. But you know, you're more of a soccer guy, right? Yeah, I, I actually was on one of the uh, club teams at Carolina okay. for one year. So, and I played in high school. Uh, you know, for, for for little kids though, I, I used to be a referee for for one of the rec leagues back in my hometown. And yeah, it's it's a pretty dull, just boring time most of most of the instances. Well, I I actually I don't mind watching it. I mean, it's I coached uh, baseball, little league baseball for a while, and I loved love love that. But I feel like from a spectator standpoint. You know, watching kids play soccer, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. I mean, it's not something I pay for, but yeah. you know, I, I, it's definitely exciting, especially, you know, some of the situations that get in with soccer. My, a couple of years ago, my son was a goalie and uh, his team he actually had a good team then. And they lost in the semifinals on a, on penalty kicks and he was in goal. And, oh man, that was tough because uh, he was fine. Although you can tell it on his face. And as soon as he got into the car, he just started to ball, and I felt oh, so bad. But it, yeah. yeah, but it, I, I felt like it was a good life lesson for him, you know. Well, but. see, but but you actually have like a rooting interest. If you're just the yeah. the, the the official trying to, oh yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. prevent the kids from you know just picking up the ball and running with it, it's <laughs> it's pretty bad. Well, and plus, it, well, well, you know, my son's not at the the, the age where they pick up the ball yet, or the. They're beyond the age of picking up the ball, but um, some of the some of the parents they uh they really get on to the ref. So I don't, I love to not not today obviously because we have better things to talk about. But I'd love to hear your stories about uh, maybe some parent um, interactions that you've had as a referee. <laughs> yeah, because they get crazy in soccer. And but yeah, we'll save those for another time though, because we've actually got some positive news to talk about today, yeah. Don. Which you know, is always good for Carolina fans. And that was that UNC got a commitment last week from mm-hmm. the linebacker, Alan Smith. Now, I know he's a three-star on 247, but he's actually a linebacker that this staff was very impressed with and really wanted to get a commitment from, correct? Yeah, I mean, he was very, very high on the linebacker board. 
when you watch him on film, he really kind of jumps off. Now, he played for, last year, he played for not a great team, Mountain View, but he transferred to Grayson, which is actually a football power in Georgia. He transferred there in um, January, and when I was speaking to him, he mentioned that he's going to be using a very, very similar role, which is a guy who's going to contribute on special teams and a linebacker slash strong safety, which basically means he's going to blitz the quarterback. He'll go up onto the line, blitz the quarterback. Sometimes he'll be back as a, a safety and you know kind of cover his own. Sometimes he'll just play like a normal linebacker. We'll, he'll have run pass responsibilities. And I think, though, him going to Grayson will be good to kind of get a good gauge of what type of player he is. But at least from the film that I saw from his junior season, he's a guy who has great frame. He's six uh, six three, two hundred five pounds is what he's listed as, which is good. Gives you, you know, he obviously has the length, which is important on defense, particularly in in pass coverage. But he also has the frame to really kind of bulk up, which is going to be important. And you know, when you watch him, I mean, he really loves to hit. I mean, there's some vicious hits on there. And those vicious hits, he loves to use them on special teams. I mean, there's probably half of his highlight clips are special teams. So the way I view him is, I mean, he's a guy who, at the very least, when he arrives on campus, I fully expect him to be on the kickoff team or the punt team because he's a guy who who loves to just run down the field and just annihilate a ball carrier. Uh, but obviously, eventually, he's a guy who's going to be an outside linebacker for North Carolina. Okay, and that's where I was going to ask because he's listed, and like you said, at 6'3", but he's a little bit light, what I would consider at that, around yeah. 205. But from what you're seeing on the film, do you think he has that frame to fill out, to play at the outside linebacker position? Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. Now, I'll, I'll have a better idea when I see him. I'm going to actually go down to Georgia. Uh, I can't remember exactly. I have to pull up my calendar. But um, right around when the Under Armour combined is or camp is I'll, I'll be down there uh, I believe he's going to be there but if he's not I'm going to stop by a school to kind of be able to give him the eye test to kind of see okay is he legit 6'3 how skinny is he on film and everybody who's ever watched high school film on huddle or YouTube or whatever knows it's it's hard to kind of figure out just how tall and and all that because the, the film isn't the greatest you know it's a little bit it's not grainy but it's not um like watching watching a game in high, in high definition on your television screen so but you know I'll get a lot more from when I go by school and talk to his coaches cuz one of the things that that I guess is um it might have kind of contributed to the to why some schools didn't go on him um is his stats weren't actually all that great and some of that might have been I think he only had like 40 tackles his junior year and some of that might have been the the team he was on wasn't a very good team so that's why I'm really kind of eager to see how he performs at Grayson. I'm also kind of eager to see him hopefully in the camp setting, but at least kind of see him in person and talk to his coaches and try to figure out just what happened last year. Because usually you know, I have always been a proponent and, and have said that stats aren't any sort of indication on how good a player is going to be. But if you see a linebacker who only has 40 tackles, you want to kind of ask why that is. Maybe they had him play a lot more safety than what uh, than what I'm seeing on film, because obviously it's only like a three, four minute clip. So I definitely have some questions I want to get answered with him. But I think that from what I've seen on film, it's you know, definitely promising. He definitely seems to have the tools. And we discussed this a few weeks ago when we did our defensive recruiting breakdown pod. But I think you mentioned that the staff is looking to 
to get about two or three linebacker commitments in this class. Is, isn't that correct? Yeah, yeah, two linebackers in this class. Okay, so now that they have one locked up in Allen, who do you think that they're really going to target to try to finish off the 2018 class at that position? Uh, well, I mean, there's there's a lot of them, and I think that where you start is obviously a guy who um, is is you know a, a, a Mike sort of guy because obviously you have the outside guy. I, I that's not to say that UNC won't go on guys who. Um, who are outside guys, they'll still go on those guys. But I think the focus has to be inside. And um, a guy who actually also visited on Friday along with Allen is um, Derek Boykins, who's a linebacker that kind of just kind of, I guess you could say, kind of came out of nowhere the you know, past couple of months. He had a bunch of smaller school offers, and then North Carolina offered, and then it just created an avalanche of offers from Tennessee and I think South Carolina, a bunch of other schools. He's a guy I would keep an eye on. Another guy, Will Connor from Alabama. He visited, um, I think it was a couple months ago. Um, I think it was towards the you know, a couple weeks after signing day. He visited, and you know, typically North Carolina doesn't recruit Alabama all that hard, but they do have a connection with uh, Will Connor. Uh, we mentioned it, I think, last podcast or the podcast before. His position coach at his high school. Um, Jake Gannis was actually coached by Mike Eckler at Georgia. So, um, and, and Gannis actually told me himself that the reason why he became a high school coach is because of Eckler. And that's the, the sort of level of affinity he has for Mike Eckler. But there's also, you know, guys like uh, Osita Equano is, is a linebacker from Charlotte who really, he had, he had his recruitment, I guess, uh, had a plan of attack for his recruitment. And then all of a sudden, his recruitment just blew up with a bunch of offers, and he had to kind of start from scratch. A lot of people peg him to go to Notre Dame. Um, you know, there's Jalen Scott still kind of out there. I think even though he's listed as an outside linebacker, I think he's more of an inside guy on the on the high school level. And, there, and there's a there's a bunch of other guys. Kane Patterson from Tennessee. Um, you know, Kai Wright is a guy who now he's a he's definitely an outside guy. He's a guy who also visited last week, but he's a guy to definitely keep keep an eye on also. Do you think that any of the of the linebacker guys are in a first come first serve type situation, or do you think that the staff is still evaluating and they're going to take more of a wait and see approach before filling that final spot? I think well, it's definitely first come first serve. So, but I think that there there'll be a little bit more selective. There clearly is. I wouldn't say that they have like a firm sort of ranking on who they like, but I think that there's definitely a tiers within the the guys that they've offered. And I think at this point, if if North Carolina feels really good about a guy or two in their top tier, then it's going to be kind of hard to take a commitment from a guy who's in tier two or tier three. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I don't know personally what these tiers are. Even if I did, it wouldn't benefit anyone really, um, for, or it wouldn't benefit North Carolina in the least for me to kind of reveal that information. <laughs> but you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do because what ends up happening also is if a guy likes North Carolina a lot and they know that there's only one spot remaining, it might kind of push him to, to speed up his process a little bit more. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of transpires, especially with, um, and I know we're going to get into this, but there was a bunch of visits all last week. And at least one of them has already resulted in a verbal commitment. 
And that's a good segue into our next section, Don. We are going to take a quick commercial break, but when we get back, we will be discussing all those recruits that were on campus last week. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegley here speaking with Don Callahan on UNC Football Recruiting. Don, as you mentioned before we went into the commercial break, Carolina hosted a decent number of recruits during this past week, both from the 2019, the 2020, and the 2021 class even. So to kind of keep this simple, let's go in roughly chronological order, because I think the first day that I recall seeing a report that there was a recruit on campus was Wednesday, or was there someone here on Tuesday as well? There, there was a, actually a bunch on Tuesday, and okay. I think it's impor- important to mention the reason why North Carolina had so many visits this last week was because of a lot of schools are on spring break. And actually, the week before that, there were a lot of visits also because schools have different times for spring break. And for those who are listening to this podcast, obviously, if you're hearing me, you're listening to this podcast, who have not yet subscribed to Inside Carolina for its premium content. This information, we on a daily basis, we post what recruits are visiting. And we don't, for the most part, unless it's like a really, 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 really big day, um, like uh, like Tuesday was pretty big. We don't advertise as far as like sitting on Twitter or making a story or anything like that. But it doesn't mean that there wasn't big time recruits visiting. There was a bunch of them. And the only way you're going to find out that information is if you're a subscriber. But to get back to your question um, as I as I mentioned, Tuesday was a big day. There was a bunch of guys on campus. The bigger ones, I'd say, were one J.R. Walker, four-star athlete. Although North Carolina is looking at him as a safety from um, Northeastern High School, which is in Elizabeth City, which is kind of tucked up there in the northeast section of uh, North Carolina. Just it's actually, I think it's like I don't know, forty-five minutes away from Virginia Beach. Um, even though a lot of people don't realize how close Elizabeth City is. But anyway, uh, I haven't had a chance to speak with JR yet um, after the visit before we did, but I know that UNC is really kind of pushing him hard. I mean, he's one of the top guys on their board, regardless of position. The the staff really, really, really likes this kid. So to get him on campus is huge, especially Mm -hmm. since NC State was kind of starting to um, really kind of run away with his recruitment. So it's really important to get him on campus. So I'm going to be interested to see what um, what he has to say if North Carolina was able to kind of eat into that lead that NC State has built. Um, the, the other guy, and this is a 2020 guy, and, and most UNC fans probably aren't all that concerned with um, 2020 guys right now. Everybody's focused on the 2019 class. Mitch Mays is going to be one of the top recruits in the state for the 2020 class. Yes. I don't know. I don't know where yet. It's still kind of early, but um, he's 6'5", 295-pound offensive uh, tackle from uh, Sanderson High School in Raleigh. He's actually a former teammate of Aline McNeil from last year's class uh, who ended up signing with State. And uh, he had a team, another teammate, um, Trent Penix, a run, oh, athlete slash running back who also signed with NC State. So clearly NC State has a very strong hold on that, uh, that area, particularly that school, Sanderson. But you know, getting Mays on campus is huge for North Carolina. It's actually the second time in a few weeks that that he's been on campus. He attended a uh, a junior day. So while it's not a huge, huge deal right now, this is laying the groundwork for North Carolina to to really kind of make a strong push for one of the top players in, in the class for the 2020 class. So that's that's important. There was 
plenty of other guys there. Like, like I said, I, I urge everybody to go on the message board. We have all this stuff still up there for archive. Um, but the other guy I'll mention is another 2020 kid, Kendrick Bigley Jones. It's a defensive end from uh, Kannapolis, um, A.L. Brown. And you know, he's a guy who I think is going gonna, is gonna to make some waves. He's a really good film, good size. And he actually left with a scholarship offer, which is important. I think North Carolina is one of the first, might not have been the first, but one of the first to, uh, to offer him. So what day do you want to talk about next? Well, let's just go ahead and kind of combine, I would say, maybe Wednesday through Friday, because I, I don't think that there were as many as that Tuesday. But when you're looking over those guys, who were some of the the names that, that stood out to you? Obviously, Allen was one and he didn't end up committing. But who were some of the, of the other guys that were on campus that you've been kind of keeping your eye on, Don? Well, you know, as you mentioned, Allen on Friday and also on Friday, and we touched on this a little bit when we were talking about the linebackers, uh, Jer- uh, Derek Boykins was also on Friday. So to me, I feel like those are the main two, especially for the for the uh, the 2019 class, uh, just because of, you know, one, Allen committed and and two, um, you know, Derek is a guy that, that the staff really, really likes. But, um, you know, there were some other guys, Giovanni Biggers from uh, Maryland is a safety that UNC actually offered, I think it was like a week prior to his visit. He actually visited on Thursday. I think, they, I think it was exactly a week prior North Carolina offered, and then he went ahead and set up a visit. I'm eager to, to hear what uh, he has to say about the visit. haven't had a chance to speak with him, but I'll speak with him later on today. So, I mean, he's obviously a kid that, that the staff really likes. And then there was a bunch of uh, 2020 guys who – left with scholarship offers, you know, which right now, as I said before, is not a huge deal for most people. But, um, you know, Corey uh, Deitches uh, came in, got an offer, 2020 kid. Uh, Dyson Ellington, a uh, kid from Georgia, he came, visited, left with an offer. John Williams, who is a offensive lineman from Georgia, visited, left with an offer. Um, and I know that you weren't talking about Saturday yet, but North Carolina had, well, they had a bunch of guys on Saturday, but the two main guys that visit were 2019 guys, Fentrell Cypress. Uh, for those who uh, you know, were paying attention on Inside Carolina last week, we actually ran a story on Cypress. He left, well, he, he attended the junior day. A couple of days later, uh, the staff took a look at his uh, film altogether and they offered him. He decided to come back for this Saturday so that he can get a more personalized, uh, more in-depth look at the campus. I talked to him late last night, said it went really good. He got a lot of his questions answered. He's a uh, tall, long cornerback from South Carolina, from Rock Hill um, in South Carolina. And he's a guy that the staff really likes. Coach Tommy Thigpen is is recruiting him, and he's really high on him. And the other guy is uh, Jeffrey Blake. He's a tight end from Georgia. He visited on Saturday. I actually spoke to him this morning. Had a lot of positive things to say about uh, UNC. Uh, for those who, who listened to uh, our prior podcast, we mentioned how important tight end is for this class as far as, you know, the staff hasn't signed a tight end in two classes. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so it, it's going to be interesting to see who actually kind of comes out of, of this, of this uh, group because there's a bunch of, of tight ends that have offered and a couple of them have made it to campus already. And it doesn't seem like there's one where you could say, okay, UNC is going to get this guy at some point, or UNC is trending with these couple of guys. There just seems like there's this group of guys that UNC really likes, has offered, 
They like North Carolina, but it just hasn't taken the next step. So it's going to be interesting to see how things uh, transpire with that group. But I'll, I'm going to flip the tables on, on John here. John, you know, you follow all this stuff. You saw all those visits. Were there any visits that you saw and really kind of just grabbed your attention? So the one where you mentioned already on Saturday, Jeffrey Blake and Fentrell Cypress, those were the two that stood out to me the most, kind of for the reasons that you already mentioned on. With Blake, I think he has really good size for a tight end. He's out of Georgia. The staff loves getting kids from Georgia, and for good reason. I mean, it's a great state for producing high school talent that usually does translate well to the college ranks. But in Cyprus, as you mentioned, he's someone that Tommy Thigpen has really taken an, an interest in. And anytime, you know, Coach Thigpen and his renown for being a recruiter, anytime that he's showing that much, I guess, you know, hands-on about a kid, that that makes you definitely want to pay attention and see where that goes. But I will say that the name that surprised me the most is someone that I, I believe arrived on Saturday and was planning to spend the weekend in Chapel Hill. And that's actually a five-star offensive tackle in the class of 2019, Darnell Wright. And we can wrap up the podcast talking about him, Don. You know, it's, it's always good to get a visit from a five-star guy. I'm not sure how much of an interest Wright really has in UNC. This is the first time that I'm kind of hearing about it. But, you know, what do you kind of expect there? And are you going to try to get up with him for a story after his visit to Chapel Hill does end? Well, um, to answer your last question first, uh, uh -huh. yes, I will definitely try. And I will not make any promises that I'll get a hold of him. I did speak to him after he visited North Carolina during the, uh, the fall. It came to a game. But from my understanding, he has really kind of shut it down. I don't think I've seen an interview with him in a couple of months. And that just happens with you know these high-profile guys, especially a guy from a, I don't want to call Huntington a small town, but compared to some of the other towns, it's, you know, it's somewhat small. Um, it's a small city, we'll just say that. So he's not used to a lot of the media attention, especially an offensive lineman. And so they get a little bit like, oh, man, I don't know who to trust, who to talk to. My phone's ringing off the hook. Let me turn off my phone sort of thing. So I don't anticipate getting anything from him, but I'll definitely uh, be trying to um, search around and get something from, from sources that, that are familiar with the situation. My gut right now, and again, this is subject to change, but my gut right now is, is saying that uh, UNC is being kept in this race because one, North Carolina is one of the first schools to offer. I don't think it was the first. It was like the second or third. And then two, Darnell's very good friend slash former teammate is Billy Ross, who, who obviously is an offensive lineman in North Carolina now. So um, some of the time when, when Wright is visiting, it's, it's mostly to see Billy. And I'm sure there are parts of the visit that he goes and hangs out with the coaches. I think if you if if you can magically take Billy off the roster, I don't think Wright spends an entire weekend at North Carolina. I think that he comes down, spends a few hours, then leaves, goes some other place. But since Billy's here, he's able to kind of you know spend the night in his dorm, hang out with a good friend of his, and that sort of thing. I think in addition to the connection with Billy, well, I guess along with that connection, because Coach Cap spent so much time recruiting Billy Ross because as those who remember that recruitment, it was a uh, pretty heated recruitment that came down to, I think he had a top five at one point, but really kind of came down to North Carolina and Tennessee. 
and, and Coach Cap spent a lot of time recruiting that kid and built relationships within that school. And I think those relationships are only going to help him recruit right. But he's being recruited by everyone in the nation. So it's going to be a dogfight. I think North Carolina stays in this race for a long time. But um, right now, unless I hear something that just completely changes my mind, I, I don't see this ending well for uh, for UNC. What's, what's kind of your thoughts? I mean, especially, I, know, I actually posted it really late. I was on a dinner date with my wife when, when I, I got the news that he was, he was definitely on campus. I had heard earlier in the day that he might visit, might show up. And then um, I wasn't able to confirm it until late. But when you actually heard the news that he was on campus, what went through your mind? Well, it's always positive when you have a five-star kid staying on campus. I mean, that almost gives you a mark of legitimacy right there. Because even if you know, you may not land a five-star kid. As long as you are a destination where these guys want to visit, you know, anything can really happen. I mean, if you call up a kid that's a five-star that may not be that interested, but you can just convince him to swing by campus, who knows? Maybe he falls in love with Chapel Hill. You know, maybe he and the coaching staff just really click. It's kind of a situation, Don, where if you don't try, you're definitely not going to land a recruit, you know? It's the Wayne Gretzky saying. Yeah. You you miss all the shots you don't take. Exactly. And and that's kind of my philosophy, I think, in general, when it comes to recruiting. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is out of the hundreds of kids that these coaches are going to be recruiting for any class. I mean, regardless of if, if you sign 15 or 20, you're talking to hundreds every single year. And, you know, what's the worst thing a kid's going to tell you is no, but the math says you're going to hear no from a lot more than you hear yes. So in that sense, I think that the staff just saw this as, hey, we have a connection here with a with a highly ranked recruit. He's out of West Virginia, so he's you know he's close. It's not like he's coming from you know the other side of the state or even the Midwest. And let's just see what happens. So I took it as a positive sign. I think it will be interesting to keep an eye on his recruitment to see where it goes from here. But I'm always happy whenever Caroline can get a five-star guy on campus. I just temper my expectations a little bit. But all in all, hey, you never know which way these things can go. I agree with you 100% all of that. All right, excellent. Hey, if I have the IC recruiting expert agreeing with me, I take that as a huge positive. So thank you, Don. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. But um, let's go ahead then and wrap this one, Don. We will be back next week to get everyone caught up on what happens during this week in UNC football recruiting. You know, news may come in fast. It may be a little bit of a slow week, but it's always a pleasure to talk to you, man, and we'll speak again soon. Thanks, John. Good talking to you, too. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.